Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the channel, and welcome to episode 472 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where tonight we're going to talk mostly about the box office disaster that is the brand new Disney film Wish. I'll also give some of my general thoughts on the movie as I was unfortunately able to actually see the movie. I've been able to see that. I've been able to see the Marvels. I've even been able to see uh, Songbirds and Snakes, the ballad of said animals. I've not been able to watch all of Napoleon yet, though I, I have seen the first like, 10 minutes or so. And so far, it, it's okay based on the things that I've heard from people I trust. Doesn't sound like it's going to be a winner in my book, but I, of course, have heard many, many people have various mixed reactions. I think, though, uh, my buddy John Flickinger has one of the best takes on it because apparently there's going to be a, <laughs> I think he said, maybe, I don't know if it's hyperbolic or not or whether it's true, but a roughly four-hour director's cut that's going to be released on Disney+. Plus. Not Sorry, not, not, not on Disney+. Plus. Um, but it's going to actually be released on to, um, is, is going to be, uh, let's see, released on... Apple TV Plus, and because it's going to be released on Apple TV Plus, what that means is that uh, there's going to be an extended director's cut edition of the movie. So, uh, theoretically, a far superior film, but again, <laughs> we, we, of course, shall, shall actually see. But before we get further, please make sure you smash that like button. Light up the fire by asking smash the rumble button as well. And again, thank you all for joining in the chat. Please let me know if things are coming through okay. I apologize for running a little bit late. I, I was used to last week. We uh, were able to get um, Baby Thor down just around 7 to 7 p.m. So I was actually able to jump on a little bit earlier uh, with in-laws and my wife cooking tonight that just didn't have the schedule fully fledged out. So things ended up taking just a little bit longer. Uh, just a just a wee bit longer, as it were. So I apologize for the late start, but we are here now, and we're going to be talking about some box office stuff. So let me know if things are coming through okay. I know that there's been issues in the past, at the very least, with Odyssey. Um, I saw that it was playing, though. I think the issue before is about the uh, is about the audio. Uh, see, Abomination says, let's see here. Uh, checking to see if the software works with this. Yeah, so it's still, I think, having the, the the same issues as as before, but glad to see that the sound seems, at the very least, to be coming through. Anyway, let's go ahead and say hello to the people in the chat and not delay this any longer. First, we got Kimberly G. What is going on, Kimberly G? Thank you very much for being here. Yeah, I'm very still still very happy um, hanging out with this 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 new software, right? You know, utilizing OBS with a multi-stream feature you can build in with one of these... Uh, plugins with one of these add-ons and so far things have been working uh, pretty well and I really do enjoy the fact that there is also a streaming app uh, or a really a plugin for your browser that allows me to highlight the chats from across all the platforms that I stream to. So we are live on YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, and also on Twitter. Uh, no integration there, but it's also hard to find any comments sections really on Twitter uh, live streams at this point. Uh, Kevin Wang, what's going on? Welcome on YouTube. He tagged to say, uh, was there a movie where you thought it won't make a billion dollars, but it made a billion dollars? Yes. 
uh, this just this past year alone, right? Barbie. I don't know if you've been around for a while, uh, but uh, Barbie was a film that I did not think it was going to make a billion dollars. I always knew it was going to make money. You can actually go back and hear, like, I think it's going to make a lot of money. I just... Um, or sorry, uh, in the case of the Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers was a film I thought was going to make a, a lot of money, did not think the film was going to get to a billion dollars, and I was basing that off of just the history that we had of animated films in various marketplaces, but Mario proved to be a unique release, it proved to be just this this new, kind of this new entity. What I did find interesting is that a lot of the people that said, oh, I always knew it was going to make a billion dollars were also the same people who were saying, oh, it's going to make bank in Japan, and then if you look at the numbers for Japan, it did fine there, but it didn't really break a whole lot of new ground in that in that region. When we talk about, uh, you know, the the um, the local releases, right, the local Japanese releases, there are still so many of those that far outpaced anything. And that was something that I was talking about saying, don't get your hopes up for Japan to be this massive juggernaut. It's going to be a solid release there, but it was not the juggernaut that many people were suspecting it to be. Um, so that was one. And then for Barbie, that to me, honestly, I don't think anyone could have honestly predicted it. You know, again, you might have had some people out there saying, oh, I think it's going to make a billion dollars. I think that they were kind of pulling it at the rear end at that point. But I do think that ultimately no one really could understand and no one could have predicted the whole Barbenheimer effect. Because if, if we're going to be honest, the Barbenheimer effect is the reason why that film you know, made a billion dollars, right? Meme culture, especially with an audience that is much more likely to they see the memes, right, to actually be a part of the memes, uh, it just makes a lot more sense, right? A female-centric film for a female-centric audience using that type of, of, of meme culture, I can, again, I can see now why, in retrospect, hindsight being 2020, that that would be the actual case. All right, see, Master of Gaming in the chat, what is going on? We got Keely Chow hanging out in the chat as well. Thank you very much for being here. Great Wuda hanging out in the chat. What's going on? We got Laura, the Modern Major General story. She's one of the mods, so make sure that you are respectful, or else she she will lay down her mighty axe. Uh, she says, I've got my ticket for Godzilla Less Than Zero, and I'm stoked. Yeah, I was able to get my ticket uh, for tomorrow's fan event screening in IMAX, so I'm very excited to be able to see the film in IMAX. And uh, obviously, fingers crossed, as long as nothing else comes up. As I said, I do have in-laws in town uh, right now. So that should theoretically mean that the 8 p.m. showing, uh, Baby Thor goes to bed around 7 p.m., so there really is no good reason for us not to be able to go, or for me not to be able to go. Uh, but again, when you got kids, priorities go towards them, don't go towards family, and so we'll have to wait and see exactly what happens with that. But yes, I do have a ticket to go see Godzilla Minus One, the fan event, uh, the 8 p.m. showing tomorrow. So I am very, very excited for it. Physics Channel Kelly Lee says, What have you heard about the new Godzilla film? I really haven't heard a whole lot. I, I have not watched any reviews. I assume that Jeremy Johns, if he doesn't have a review up already, might have one up soon. I've, I've been basically out of it all day on social media. As you all know, I work full-time as a teacher, so I had a lot of stuff going on. By the time I got home, I had more stuff going on uh, with, with, with kids and with family over. So my ability to really watch much of anything... Uh, this this past couple of days has just essentially been non-existent, so I don't know if these videos have actually been posted or not, but uh, yeah, the only thing that I could imagine, though, is I would not be surprised if the film gets rave reviews, and I say that simply because it's a Toho release of a Godzilla film, and this is therefore coming from a place where it's coming from people either directly or connected to others that know this story, that know this franchise, 
and therefore will be able to deliver what people actually want to see. So my hope is, is that if we, if we start to hear from like people like Jeremy Johns or from other more trustworthy reviewers, um, I think if, for instance, Critical Drinker is able to see this film at an early screening or at the very least at a premiere and get a video out before the weekend, we know he has influence. We know that he has far reach, right? We know that there are people in Hollywood who, who listen to him, who, who watch his videos, right? Who, who take what he says um, at a much higher value than any of the other persons really in, in our space. And so if someone like him, if he were to see it and if he likes it, if he loves it even, that might move the needle, right? The Right now, early projections for the movie domestically are not very strong. Uh, the last I checked from Box Office Pro, I believe the numbers were still in the di- uh, the single digits. Um, and obviously, we'll probably get an, an update to those numbers over the course of the week. Typically, Box Office Pro gives their update sometime around Wednesday, usually going into Wednesday evening. But the last update they had for Godzilla Minus One was around 5000 sorry, $5 million to $9 million in its opening day, right? And uh, in its opening night. So just to transition over there, as you can see, uh, these are the early projections they had, 5 to $9 million opening, total domestic range of 9 to 18. Now, part of me says, okay, once the actual word of mouth gets out on this movie, if it is good, that, of course, is a huge caveat to all of this, I would not be surprised if the opening weekend comes in well into the double digits domestically. I can also, however, see the movie capping out in that single-digit number. Because even if the film is good, and even if there is good of word of mouth, there is one major... Uh, handicap, I would say, that this movie has. And obviously, we're talking here about trends. We're talking here about what what most films historically have done. But when it comes down to films that are released that have subtitles, right? Movies that have subtitles. And to my knowledge, I don't know of a dubbed release of this. It might exist. It would make sense for a studio to have it. But in general, when you have these form releases that have subtitles, a lot of American audiences just do not want to approach them or are at least not as as quick to want to approach them to spend their money on. And I don't personally, I really don't quite understand it. I understand it, the, you know, the general concept, right? Why would I want to read words on the screen? I don't understand that personally because I have no problem with it. But for those that do, again, I can totally respect that for, the, for those especially that might have issues where they can't see. But the beauty about Godzilla films, and this is why I think Though that could happen, why I think it may not be as much of a handicap as what it could be is the fact that a Godzilla movie doesn't really need as much. um, You don't need to have as many words spoken. You don't need to, therefore, have the ability to understand what's even being said. If the emotions being conveyed by the actors and if the the monster, right, the Godzilla, the Gojira... um, uh, universe and story is being told in such a way where it's a visual story. Those are the kinds of stories that are almost the best, right? When you don't need to have every single thing spelled out for you, where you don't even necessarily need to know what the human characters in the story are saying, right? Ultimately, Godzilla should be about Godzilla. This is one of the many reasons why I have hated the MonsterVerse movies because they've put in these terrible human stories that have been garbage. And the CGI, except for the first Godzilla film, really hasn't been all that impressive, right? It's either looked bad or, at the very least, it's been a CGI fest. And there's a difference in between those two things. When I say something is bad CGI, what I mean is that it's either poorly rendered, poorly designed, just doesn't look good. CGI fest is when you are so overusing CGI in your 
framing of your shot, right, in the actual composition of the shot, that everything gets lost. It all becomes this massive digital noise. So for people that might enjoy CGI monsters, you know, fighting each other, for someone like me, I say all I see there is digital noise, and and to me that that's that's you know somewhat lazy. So. I'm very, very excited for uh, this movie, and I'm really hoping that it comes in well over expectations and projections. Let's see. Cthulhu, what's up, brother? Says, hello, Odin chat. Good evening and happy holidays. We don't do the happy holidays over here. Uh, I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving, no matter where you are in the world. It's Thanksgiving in America, and that means that everyone has to celebrate. Um, but yeah, blessed, a blessed season. We're not even in Advent yet, so I'm still far removed from getting too much into the Christmas spirit because until Advent starts, that is our preparation period for Christmas, which remember Christmas itself is a season. It's not just one day. It is a season It is a liturgical season. And, uh, I'll keep reminding y'all about that on the channel. It's one of my passions. Lady Tharp of Hastings. What is going on? Lady Tharp. Thank you very much for being here today. Let's see who else we got. Uh, let's see. Shen Hong, what's going on, brother? Looks like the Rumble chat is working, at least for now. Uh, I opened the chat a little bit later than last time, so hopefully that fixed any of the issues that were there. But he says, funny how many peeps want to try and one-up Gene Wilder as Wonka. Depp is good enough to make a go. Don't see this new guy faring well. Gene was a class all his own. Uh, yeah, it's talking there about uh, Timothy Chalamet, right? Timothy Chalamet. I, I just don't see it. Right, so I have this article pulled up as well. So this is uh, from Deadline talking about how Wonka, and again, Tony with the very cringe pun-filled titles, Wonka Sweet in short lead tracking with 35 to 40 million pre-Christmas opening. Where have we seen this story before, though? What was the opening weekend for the Marvels? Box office flop, by the way. Around this number. What was the opening weekend for a film like The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes? About this number. That film had a decent showing over the Thanksgiving break, definitely made up some ground, but we have since seen a pretty massive drop-off the Monday following it. And to me, it's setting, this, it's setting a tone for what could potentially be a massive drop-off in week three. It's a film that doesn't need to make a whole lot of money to break even because of their finances, but still something that needs to be talked about nonetheless. And now you have a film like Wonka talking in the same ballpark as far as its opening. And then let's not, of course, forget about how Wish in its domestic opening came in significantly lower than the expectations for its domestic opening. So all these movies, right, with these major stars, right, with these major studios, and in many cases with these massive budgets of those movies I've mentioned, the one that has the, the smallest budget, I believe, was Wish. Sorry, not Wish. Absolutely not Wish. Was, uh, instead, it was rather Songbirds and Snakes, which they reported $100 million budget. And let's see if they have anything listed here as far as that being concerned. It says that Warner Brothers feature musical Wonka arrived on a three-week-out tracking this week with a revised industry projection of $35 to $40 million. The start in the vicinity of Sony's Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, which opened before Christmas, while going pre-Christmas, is always risky for any family-branded picks, are quite safe and remain a powerful distraction for families. The Timothy Chalamet movie is great with women right now, under and over 25, unaided awareness in 22 to 23 with women, with a category by which respondents cited movies' names, upholstered, blah, blah, blah. That's a lot of gobbledygook right there. All that is trying to say is that, well, hey, it seems like of the people being polled, those that fit this specific category seem to be responding well 
The issue with that is that, well, it does not then insinuate that all persons in said demographic are actually going to show up or actually going to have any support whatsoever. So from what I'm seeing from this right now, I really can't say. Really can't say. It says here that with Quorum uh, Analytics uh, predicting a 20 to $23 million opening, note it's still early in the campaigns, so there's a potential for an upside. So this was from November 3rd. So that was the initial tracking was from 20 to 23 million. And so that's now gone up to 35 to 40 million. So it'll be interesting to see, does it go closer to the updated numbers that we now have, or are instead we going to see it, you know, come in underneath? That's kind of the, the nature of the beast. That's kind of what we have been seeing now for the last several releases, right? And let's go ahead and see if there are any updates to the actual budget of the film. And it says right here, do, 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 $125 million budget. So not the biggest of all the budgets. So still about $25 million more than what we saw being spent by Songbirds and Snakes. But still enough to where you're looking at $300-ish million worldwide to break even with that kind of a start. Unless there's amazing word of mouth, I don't know. Could we have yet another major flop on our hands? Still too early to tell with that one. We got Bruce hanging out in the chat. What is going on, Bruce? Welcome back. Let's see. We got Prince Screen in the chat. Hail to you. Thanks for being here. Uh, let's see. Lordy. Lord, 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 Lord. I don't know why I just said that. Laura, <laughs> the modern major general. Shen Hong at 7-Eleven says, Between Wonka and Agua Dude, I don't see theaters doing too well this holiday. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what films, you know, are going to stick out. Are there going to be films that overperform? I don't know. I don't know. Never rule out completely women being interested to try to go see Aquaman. They were a huge portion of the audience to a much higher level than in previous superhero movies. And obviously a lot of that can be probably given to the fact that it featured shirtless Jason Momoa. And, you know, women met like that. The question, though, is as as strong of an influence as that can have, we have seen him in other films that have not done nearly as well in comparison, but also there's the Amber Heard effect. There's a lot of women, and I know there's a lot of women, especially in our space, who have been very vocal about this, who do not like her, who do not trust her, who find her to be a complete and utter grifter and liar, and there's that question of how much of an impact is that going to have? Is that going to take away some of the women that might have had some interest because of someone like Jason Momoa being in it? But they, their hatred of and their dislike of Amber Heard is a little bit more powerful. We have to wait and see. Ikthulu says, I'm sure both of those are far superior. I want to see Godzilla for certain along with you all. Yeah, I definitely am looking forward to going to see it. That is definitely uh, the case for me. We got Orange Shower Views in the chat. What's going on, brother? And again, he will lay down the law. All that I ask is that you be respectful. I ask that you be respectful. Kimberly G, Killian Shadowcat, what is going on? Saying these midstream ad kicks me out of the chat. Anyone else experiencing this? Yeah, so Kimberly G, I don't know if you've been around since uh, YouTube changed its policy, but... Essentially, if you use ad blocker on YouTube, um, what you will happen is whenever an ad plays, you will get removed from the stream or there will be some technical issues that happen. This is something that YouTube implemented to try to get away with it. And 
to me, it's one of those things where I can honestly see both sides. I know that's not popular to say that I can see the side of YouTube, but if you think about it, you know, the thing that creators on YouTube get revenue streams from is ads. And so when you watch their videos without ad blocker or with ad blocker, it means that you're taking away those revenues. On the flip side, YouTube has always been terrible when it comes to the implementation of ads and is always shown to have favorites and has always shown, even though I have it clicked to be the most conservative, right, of the options that I have available to have my ads on, it, it, it's, you know, has to be there basically. And I have it listed as being, you know, to be the most conservative, to have the least amount uh, possible as far as the ads are concerned. Uh, but as far as why you're getting kicked out, that is the reason why it's because of it falling, um, fighting up with ad blocker because of recent changes on YouTube's end. Kinkane Rumshki over on Rumble at 716 says, I like the new intro pre-intro, but where's the Christmas tree? Yeah, I, I found this one on Stream Elements. You know, I've been playing around with it and I do like it. I, I am not a technical person in that regard as far as being able to do any type of design. Have you seen my... <laughs> Have you seen the thumbnails from my videos? They're not good. They're definitely not good. Uh, so I, I think that the adding of a Christmas tree probably is not going to be in, in the cards. Also, as I said, Advent hasn't even started yet. So we're, we're still a ways away from that even being the case. All righty. Let's see. Forever Sci-Fi in the chat. Hail to you. Jason J. Narf. I, I, I caught that pinky in the brain reference. Talk about a classic show that's so fun. Kimberly G, member, says, This seems to be the year of the biopic. Who will win? Oppenheimer, Napoleon, Maestro, or Ferrari? I'm thinking Oppenheimer. Uh, based on the things that I'm seeing and hearing, having only seen of those movies Oppenheimer, I have not heard anything about Maestro myself. And uh, Ferrari, I know very little of, too. Ferrari seems to be a bit more niche. I'm making that on pure speculation, so <laughs> forgive me if that's just completely off base. So in my mind, it comes down to more so uh, a battle between Oppenheimer and Napoleon for the more like poppy, meaning the more, yeah, I guess, broad release structure. And to me, I think Oppenheimer, uh, based on what I've seen so far from Napoleon and what I've heard about the film, probably has an edge. Um, but here's the thing. I don't think, I don't think they're going to win Best Picture. I really don't. I mean, we all know the Oscars have not meant anything for a very, very long time. And I've I said this now months ago. I would not be surprised in, in the current climate that we are in that Barbie gets nominated for Best Picture. And I think that there is a strong chance for Barbie to get not only nominated, but also to win Best Picture. And in addition to that, to even win Best Director. It's it, You know, we all know it, it's all about... The message, right? It's not about what is right. It's not about what is good. It's not about what is true. It's about the message. And that would send a massive message that, hey, guess what? You haven't learned anything. We already know that because the host, I believe, has already been announced to be Jimmy Kimmel. Again, one of the worst hosts that they've ever had in their history, and yet they're bringing them back. So clearly, they have not learned anything. Heartbreak Ridge, welcome back to the chat. We got J.S. Pena hanging out in the chat as well. Abomination says, uh, check in to see if the software works with, uh, again, still uh, the at Odin for some reason is not working. So just put the name Odin, nothing before it, if you're on Odyssey. Cthulhu, time to say, it's not just a disaster if you want to see the company fail. I call that another win. 
Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think by disaster, I just mean that objectively speaking, it is one. King Kane Rumsky says, why didn't you finish Napoleon? Time too short? Yes. Yes, it is, King Kane Rumsky, and I see what you did there. That's some low-hanging fruit. There's a joke to be made <laughs> with what I just said, too. Oh, man, oh, man. Let's see. Zaid Mazani, what's going on? The Life Perspective Show, Welcome. Prince Screen tagged to say, did you hear that Die Hard will be released in theaters on December 8th? I just literally retweeted it within the last hour with the comment saying, aha, as you can see, this film clearly is a Christmas movie. And I indeed still hold to that very fact. Let's see. Heartbreak Ridge. I see that 10 minutes ago you became a member at the Citizen of Asgard level. So I'll go ahead and highlight this comment since it doesn't have the badge next to it yet. But it says here, I will watch Napoleon again when Masters of the Air miniseries hits in late January. Okay. Very, very cool. All right. Some people say four hours too long. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's, hey, if it's going to be that cut that's released onto Apple TV+, Plus, that's going to be the highest quality version that I'll probably ever have the time to see. So we'll have to, of course, you know, wait and cross that bridge when we do. Abomination says, I saw movies that my, my, might actually be interested in buying at my local grocery store. Wonder if they stock more movies and I'll buy the lot the same day. Oh, you can find films at your grocery store. That's interesting. I feel that uh, buying movies at grocery store is not nearly as, as commonplace in today's world as it used to. There's still a handful of like uh, Dollar Trees, Dollar Generals, uh, places like that where they, they, they sell food, but... I wouldn't necessarily call them a grocery store, but yeah, I know that they, they tend to have a lot of them there. Right? I, I tend to have some random assortments of movies there. Keely Chow again. How's it going? Heartbreak Ridge. Napoleon needs it though. The cliff notes version of the film of his life in the movie is way too sketchy. Yeah. I, I already didn't like in the first 10 minutes, it kept kind of jumping from one place to the other. And it was, I think, not paced very well. It, it just came across as just, I don't know, very messy. All right, good to hear, Abomination. Thanks for, for keeping a check on that. Keely Chow, I can't wait for you to explain the math. Oh, I, I bet you can't. Shen, uh, Shen Hong says, oh, a short joke. Don't worry. In the Apple director's cut, he is taller. <laughs> Keely Chow, in my Scott Steiner voice, the numbers don't lie, and it spells disaster for wish. I still have no idea if that's if that's the actual voice for that or not. Lady Tharp of Hastings, this year I'm going to add Die Hard and Miracle on 34th to my Christmas watch list. Yes, that is how we achieve victory, Lady Tharp. That is how we win the culture war, is by making it very clear that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Uh, Miracle on 34th, I assume you mean the the original classic. Uh, That's one that I think is probably on a lot of people's list as well. For me, my go-to Christmas movie always has been It's a Wonderful Life. I recently had someone, I think it was on Twitter, who tried to argue that it, it wasn't good, and I immediately excommunicated them from my life, uh, <laughs> because if you don't think it's one of the best films, let alone one of the best Christmas films that's ever been made, I can't help you. That That's that's like my one of my all-time greatest movies, uh, favorite films ever. So that's one I like. And then I have a guilty pleasure that really isn't a Christmas movie, um, I guess I would still, I personally would say this one's a Christmas movie because of when it, (laughs) because when it, it happens, when it takes place over this time of year, 
Uh, it's more of a film that's like appropriate to actually watch on Christmas. It starts off right at the very beginning. And that is the film Serendipity with, with John John Cusack. And I know John Cusack has gone off the rails. He's insane now, right? He's a tool. But uh, Kate Beckinsale's in the movie. And as I said, it's a guilty pleasure. That is, for me, the definition of guilty pleasure. Let's see. Laura, the modern major general, says, Context Napoleon, the movie, lost me when they showed cannonballs hitting the pyramids. Yeah, and apparently, I think it's really Scott even described and explained why that scene was in there. And it was meant to more so convey the fact that he took over and destroyed Egypt or something, something to that effect. Um, but don't quote me on that. Nathan Slay, what's going on, brother? Welcome back. Thank you. We got Rob D. Time to say hello, Odin. So HBO Max is going to remove almost all of their Looney Tunes content and tons of other movies at the end of December, seriously contemplating dropping my subscription in 2024. I can't say I blame you, dude, right? These streaming services, I think, are at just the wrong time. Not that there ever would be necessarily a right time, but they are choosing to make these financial decisions to such a degree that it's going to be bad. Like, it's going to be so detrimental to the cause that they are trying to put forward. Because remember, many of these people are the same companies that have also gone on to say, yeah, we're also going to either stop our physical media uh, production or limits our physical media production. So the writing is just on the wall, right? Because one of the things that people like me who are very much supportive of and very much back physical media releases and, and physical media collections is the fact that if everything is all digital, if all of your movies are owned in a digital library by Amazon, by Movies Anywhere, right? Whatever it might be, one, those companies will not last forever. These companies are constantly coming and going, right? More importantly, though, the contracts that they have to be able to, to license, to distribute these movies are also constantly changing. So a Voodoo or a Movies Anywhere, right? Many of these places have it so let's say a studio decides to pull out of whatever agreement they might have to have their films featured on these particular sites, even if the money's being paid for, they can just one day say, nope, we're, we're going elsewhere. And then what happens? They have to remove that film from your library. We're already seeing this happen, right? Amazon has already done this, and you don't really then own anything. And so, yeah, I, I don't blame you, dude. And I'm all, and, and y'all have heard me from this before too. Like, I am a full proponent, and I'll just pull these um, over here. I'm a full proponent of one, buying physical media, but then two, saving up to get yourself a, a NAS. There's, there's, there's complicated setups or, or more expensive setups, and then there's also ones that I think a lot of people could use to get started. One of the best ones, this is the one that I use to get started, right? And there's even simpler ones than this because you can host it on your own computer, but I set up a Plex server on my NVIDIA Shield. It was an NVIDIA Shield Pro, and I think that at the time was $100, $150. And then I bought a 10 terabytes uh, easy drive, uh, which was more than enough for, for me getting started. You can set up a server on that alone. And what that allows you to do is it allows you to put your, your movie library on there. So not only am I in favor of physical media because you get the actual physical disc. So these are, this is a, people recently won giveaways on my Discord who are members of the Keeper Bifrost level or above, they get access to a, gift, uh, disc, uh, a 
uh, giveaways Discord channel, but movies like Sound of Freedom on Blu-ray, Unforgiven on 4K, the Cowboy Bebop complete series, uh, wonderful Kurosawa film, Ikiru. Love Ikiru. So, so good. Here's another Unforgiven. I also, this was the copy that I was sent um, by, by Paramount for the uh, 4K edition of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Another film that I thoroughly enjoyed. Godfather 4K Steelbook Edition. And uh, again, I've got so many others. These are just the ones that recently have been given away. And I'll be sending those out very, very soon for those that did win that giveaway. But what I can do is with that server that I've set up, I can then use a free program like Make MKV, make a digital version of that file, put it on my server, and guess what? Not only can I then watch it like I can on Netflix with very little delay, right? Again, we're talking here about hosting it on your own server with that kind of hardware. You're going to see the kinds of delays that you would typically see on Netflix, that you would typically see. So basically what you can do is you can create your own Netflix with just a server, which even an old computer can act as a server, right? As I said, there's, there's even simpler and cheaper ways to do it. And then you can get all the way up to the, I, I have two NAS servers with 14 gig. One has uh, a set of 14 gig hard drives, uh, sorry, 14 terabyte hard drives. And then the other has, uh, I think, 10, 12 terabyte hard, terabyte hard drives. And I've got thousands of movies on there. And anytime I want to watch a movie, if I want to get the physical disc, I can do that because I own it. But also I have that digital backup too. And it's really cool. And I, I am very much a big proponent of that. There's tons of videos um, that, that have t- tutorials about that very thing. All right, let's see. Nathan Slay. Odin, do you have any interest in the movie Silent Night? No, I do not. I, I It's been mentioned on here a couple times, but that's about it. Orange Chat. Godzilla Minus One not playing anywhere near me. Oh, no, Orange Chat. I'm sorry to hear that. I think that's the other problem is that it's going to be a, a somewhat more limited release. So I think that's going to have a probably an impact. Prince Screen, who at 727 said, do you think a Barbenheimer effect could happen for Bad Boys 4 and Inside Out 2 in June of next year, especially considering Inside Out 2 could also cater to a female audience? Uh, No, here's the thing. That kind of thing is unpredictable. No one could have honestly predicted the kind of effect that Barbenheimer would have. It was the right meme. It was the right movement at the right time, right? And it's hard to capture lightning in a bottle. We've seen them try to astroturf. We have seen them try to to try to you know show some control over it. And the best example of that was with Morbius. Remember, there was the huge meme that popped up online with it's Morbin time. And what did the studio do? They misread what was going on, and then they ended up talking to the theaters and say, hey, let's put our theater let's put this movie back out in more theaters to get people excited because clearly they want to see it's morbid time when that's not in the movie and it's just this joke that again popped up around did not result in ticket sales that was a huge bust right that that film was an utter failure and the morbius and the morbid time effect had no impact so any meme is not going to automatically mean you're going to make money barbenheimer was special it at the exact right time when it needed to. Release dates are a big part of that as well. Um, so I, I think those are the kinds of events that happen where that's like a once in a what? Once in a five year, once every 10 year, once even, you know, in a lifetime potentially. I, I think that it's going to be very a long time before we see something like that again. Cthulhu, someone needs a team stream the movie for Orange. Any takers? 
I don't know. Keith, uh, Keely Chow. Oh, did get my Heath later? So I got kids. I got kids. Kevin Wang. How much money did Disney lose in the box office this year so far? I have not done my full box office breakdown for uh, the studios by year. But what I can say is, is that it's it it is quite a large amount of money. So every year I have been able to uh, you know bring those together. I don't remember if I did a dedicated one last year or if it took me a while to get a dedicated one. Um, but I, I just it it's something where based off of the amount of you know uh, supposed profits, right, assumed profits, and where we have right now, it is just not looking good, right? So let's go ahead and just kind of go through this somewhat quickly before we do an official segment on these things. So for instance, the film Wish, as of the recording of this stream right now worldwide, after its opening weekend over Thanksgiving, only $49 million. And I say only because this is far beneath the number that they had originally going into it. Right now, that would put them above, well above, minus $200 million for that. All right. So you got about roughly $200 million projected. I think we could say probably will end in a loss of $150 to $200 million. And I think that's being generous. So let's say for the sake of argument, $200 million. All right. The Marvels has fallen off the face of the map. It's it's not making money anymore. It, it might eke out $200 million internationally. It's not going to get to $100 million uh, domestically. So this film, probably yet another $200 million loss. Um, let's see. We're just looking here for the Disney-specific releases. So do know that there might be some Fox films that, that might be a part of the discussion. But I can tell you there's been no Fox film this year that I know of that has been a massive moneymaker uh, for for them. Um, let's see if we can find another... Uh, oh, Haunted Mansion. Forgot about Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion only made $114 million. That's around $150 million in losses. So now we're at what? We were at four hundred before. Now we're at $550 million in financial losses just for them alone. Indiana Jones, Dial Destiny. Remember, this film budget so much higher than what was initially projected. And right now, the numbers that we have that's been revealed to us, this film, $370 million in the red as a projection. All right, now we're jumping up to what? $800-ish million? That's just in the financial losses for that movie. Elemental, based off of the numbers that are in front of me right now, Elemental looks like it's also a financial loss of around $7 million, so just about making its money back. So about a wash. Maybe we could say $805 million internationally. Uh, sorry, $805 million in financial losses. Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid did one of the betters, you know, had one of the better runs for a while. Okay, $100 million. All right, that's $100 million down the toilet for Little Mermaid. So now we're getting, what, to 900, 905 million? Guardians of the Galaxy 3, the one real bright spot, and there are some that would argue that the production budget and marketing were actually a lot higher than indicated. We'll find out those numbers next year. But based on the numbers that I have and the typical standards that I, I use, I had that as a gross of $132 million. Okay, so we were up at, what, eight nine $900 million? So now we're back down to $700 million, maybe? Okay. Let's be let let's just be generous with that number. So they're at seven hundred million dollars in the red for the year, based on the numbers that have been released so far. Let's see any other major releases. Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. This film twenty plus million dollars 
in losses. Again, I know there's some out there whose metrics have it close to $100 million. So still, let's say, uh, sake of argument, let's say 750. All right, let's say 750 at this point in time, right? Let's see, any other major films? Now we're getting into 2022. So just, again, that was very bare bones, right? That was very much just going by <laughs> what I could eye. So that is not an official take. Roughly $750 million in financial losses for Disney this year just from their movies. And I think that an argument can be made, seeing that I'm using a lot more conservative metrics there, a range on this, $750 to $1 billion in financial losses. And that is just on the movie side. We haven't even talked about the Disney Plus side. If you add in the Disney Plus side, that's when you get into probably multiple billions of dollars being lost. It's not good. Great Wuda. I'm going to watch Silent Night instead of Godzilla Minus One because I've seen Godzilla destroy Japan plenty of times. Uh, okay. I, I really don't know, but is Silent Night honestly going to be that much more uh, uh, original? I don't even know what it's about. On Christmas Eve, a boy, uh, a man witnesses the death of his young son when the boy gets caught in crossfire between warring gangs. Recovering from a wound that cost him his voice, he soon embarks on a bloody and grueling quest to punish those that are responsible. Uh, interesting. Very interesting. Action thriller directed by John Woo. Um, <laughs> okay. Stars Joel Kinnaman. Scott Muscundi, Harold Torres. Features almost no dialogue, interestingly enough. It's Wu's first American feature since Paycheck. Um, and I remember, wasn't Paycheck the one where the original film sucked, but there was a um, there was a re-release or there was a director's cut or something that was a lot better? The basic premise, Brian Goodluck is a family man who goes uh, into the underworld to avenge his young son's death on Christmas Eve. Well, hey, when I first heard Silent Night, I was thinking, oh, is this yet another one of these horror films that's been done a thousand times? It's a revenge movie, though. So, again, we're talking originality there. Sounds interesting, though. Definitely sounds a little bit interesting. Nathan Slade, by the way, I watched The Fifth Element for the first time this past Friday. It was really good. It's weird, but yeah, I agree. Shen Hong had to say, it's also a period piece. Will be interesting to see how well it presents the World War II era, says Shen Hong. Okay. Very cool. Thank again. Thank you again for hanging out over on the Rumble side of things. The Morak had to say, Hey, it's been a while since I've been able to catch one of your streams. Do you have any thoughts on the shift from Angel Studios? It's not come out yet. I know that it is set to come out this week. Um, it looks interesting. The, all the trailers for it have looked very, very interesting. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to have to wait for people to, uh, to give some feedback on it because I just don't have a lot of time to see a lot of films these days. Uh, but yeah, I, I have high hopes. I, I just, I, I want to make sure that my expectations stay very tempered because I don't think that the creator, the director of the shift is going to be the same person who did sound of freedom. And I think that I thought that sound of freedom had a very capable director behind the scenes, which is why I'm very excited for the Cabrini film they have set to release about St. Francis Xavier Cabrini, a, a wonderful saint in the life of the church. And that's coming out in the spring. So I'm very much looking forward to, to that. Let's see. 
Heartbreak says, did you hear that Disney got a Defense Department contract, but they produced more bombs than Lockheed Martin? I see what you did there. Wait, am I running out of chat already? What is this nonsense? What in the world is this nonsense? Okay. I'm just running out of time. Uh, it's a Trap Productions. What's up? Can you give us an idea of what you think of uh, is good CGI? Uh, see a movie example. Yeah, uh, again, I, I mentioned one that I thought used it pretty well. Godzilla 2014, I thought used it well. Georgia Dog. I know this movie doesn't come out until December 22nd. Thoughts on Iron Claw of the Von Erics. I'm looking forward to that, dude. Zach Efron got Jack for that role. I'm a big fan of wrestling. I'm a big fan of wrestling films. That looks great. I actually don't know a whole lot about the Von Erichs, so I'm actually excited. I want to see that film, and I hope I have the ability to do so. Steven, I was wondering if you could do a prayer for a friend of mine who died today due to cancer, unfortunately. Absolutely. Absolutely may perpetual light shine upon him. We will pray for him, of course. Limited Power, what's going on? Welcome back. Heartbreak Ridge is a member. Thank you again for joining. Uh, Levistro, what is going on? Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Shen Hong says, When I watch the Wonka trailer, I see someone trying to be Doctor Who. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't watched it enough to say, but... Abomination. Oh, Odin, come on. Wonka will definitely make more money than the Marvels, mostly because of the budget, but still $110 million is higher than $200 million. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think that as far as net gain profits, Wonka has a much better chance. But beyond that, yeah, hard, hard to say. Clearly, y'all are killing it in the chat tonight, though, based on the fact that I'm already getting some comments here that um, are, are about to disappear. See, Jazz Pena says, not relevant, but after watching that awful Doctor Who special, I'm hoping Matt Smith isn't pulling an Andrew Garfield and doesn't show up in the following specials. Yeah, um, I, I, I gave up on Doctor Who during the Capaldi years, and I have not gone back, and I've not missed it. I'm going to be honest, I have not missed it. Um, the magic is gone. I did not have nearly as much of a, um, affinity or connection to that universe as some of the others, but it's very sad. Uh, Levistro Titus say Christmas was determined by the early Christian beliefs. Christ died the day he was conceived. Christmas is ever 25th, 27th, nine months from it is March 19th, April 7th during Passover. I don't know exactly the point of what you're trying to say is, but traditionally there was there was universally the understanding that the the conception of Christ was nine months prior uh, to right. So I believe it was March 25th, uh, if my memory serves me right, my brain's fried today. Was so it was May 25th actually. Sorry, March 25th. That was always uh, viewed as the traditional understanding of, of the conception of Christ, of when the Immaculate Conception took place. Sorry, not the Immaculate Conception. I need to correct myself there. That's with Mary. Uh, when the Nativity took place. Um, sorry. Scratch that. Reverse it. I am just all over the place today. <laughs> so the conception. That's what I meant. The conception of Christ. And so, therefore, by proxy, that leads ultimately to uh, December 25th. It's either that or it's the other way around where December 25th was always traditionally understood and it goes back. There is actually a lot of historical record to indicate that that is the case. I don't know what the point of what you were trying to make was and I don't have the bandwidth to try to process indirect and incomplete information in that way. Especially when I don't know what question I'm answering. Uh, Abomination says, I was way off in estimates. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alrighty, we got Tina B in the chat. What's going on, Tina B? Welcome back. Let's see, Hardwick in the chat. The one actor today who I think could pull off a good book accurate Willy Wonka is David Tennant. Go see, he would be perfect match of the book's description. Maybe. I don't think a lot of people really would want to see it just because I think people are tired of 
uh, what people deem and what people believe to be the best representations of certain characters uh, being, you know, taken over and being redone in a way that's in many ways subpar to the minds of many. Orange Chat, I absolutely won't watch Aquaman 2. The only way I do is if her screen time is cut out to zero minutes and zero seconds. I don't think that's going to happen, but... Um, yeah, well, obviously we'll have to wait and see. There's a lot of rumors and speculation, but I don't really know how much of it is actually true. Bomination says, what YouTube is doing with ads is shameful, but have you heard about Ubisoft putting ads inside a game itself? They call it a technical error, but sometimes uh, someone had to design the program and it happened in the first place. So they definitely intended. Yeah, exactly. There are some things that happen where it's, unless you actually plan for this, it kind of goes back to the whole COVID stuff, right? It's like, oh, no, how did this thing get released? It's like, well, when you were kind of working on it, <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's an outbreak near where it was being developed, maybe we can put, you know, two and two together in that instance. Howard Ridley Scott said that about the scene of the point shooting the pyramids and cannons. I don't know if he did that, but that was a fast way of saying he took Egypt. Yep, that, that was the line I was referring to. Zayed Manzani says about ads, you two play them even if your channel is demonetized. So, yeah. I use a lot uh, more NewPipe over the official app. That's why I said as as well, I haven't heard of NewPipe, but that's also why I do multi-stream. So if people hate ads that much, you can go watch over on Rumble. You can watch over on Odyssey. You can even watch on Twitter, on X, right? You, you got plenty of options there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, know, I know it can be a pain. That's why, because YouTube can do whatever they want unless you specify... I'm going to specify, yes, play them, make sure they're conservative. I think that's the best thing that I can really do. Shen Hong, I discovered deleting YouTube cookies stops the ad blocker or blocker, but I prefer Rumble. Ah, there you go. So Shen Hong says, if you delete YouTube's cookies in your browser, the ad block blocker will start working. That's very cool to see. By the way, Heartbreak Ridge, thank you again for becoming a member. And Scott McKenzie, thanks for being a member at 17 months in a row. You are a scholar and a gentleman. Thank you. Let's see, Ambrose Chamberpot, what's going on? Tina B says, I have mixed feelings about Napoleon. Okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Uh, Greta Gerwig answered the answer to this question, Tina. She asked, Who directed Barbie? It's Greta Gerwig. I didn't see it, nor would I. I thought Jimmy Kimmel got canceled for misgendering. Uh, no, that's Jimmy Fallon, I believe, that got canceled. Um, or is potentially canceled, which is, again, just the dumbest thing ever. The whole thing. The whole thing. Kek44, what's up? Yeah, I've already talked about it a bit uh, to explain what it is that's going on with it. Let's see, abomination. So, no hashtag Wisholian bump. No. Yes, I know you tried to make that a thing, abomination, but Wisholian did not make uh, a splash. Forever Sci-Fi, who's a member, says, I got the Maltese Falcon in 4K on, on Black Friday and the Beavis and Butthead collection on Monday. I must confuse the Amazon algorithm. That is the best way. <laughs> Talk about polar opposites, right? You got Maltese Falcon, all-time classic noir film, and then you got Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what, your, uh, what the suggestions for your uh, movie collections will be. Hardwick, which wish is better, the movie or the Chinese shopping, shopping website? They're both evil uh, and mistaken for, for a variety of reasons. I would say on paper, the wish Chinese company, but very different spheres. Heartbreak Ridge, I got the Mission Impossible 4K set and the Marx Brothers Collection Blu-ray for my Black Friday haul. Nice, dude. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the mo- most of the things that I picked up on Black Friday as far as physical media were things for giveaways. 
Um, for instance, I've got uh, two films. I got a whole stack of films down here, but I got two of the John John Wick 4Ks, and it's the chapters one through four collection. Um, so those will be giveaways on the Discord channel uh, for the keeping the Bifrost level and above members specifically in the coming days. Steven, according to Deadline, this is the first year Disney did not have one single billion dollar film in twenty since 2014. That's a pretty big deal. Now, as you all know, Deadline, whenever they say anything, they don't actually adjust for inflation. So I don't think that's really uh, honest in its assessment. Because even if you're someone that gets very triggered whenever I say the word uh, inflation, ticket sales are still going to be important, right? So you could say it's the first time since 2014 that they haven't had a film that got a billion. But if the number of tickets that were, that were sold at the time when they were not reaching a billion dollars would today very much equal that. And if you just even look at the raw ticket sales, right, the ticket sales in 2023 versus the ticket sales of many, many other years, including films that on paper didn't get to a billion dollars, you're going to see discrepancy. And guess what? It's those older films that are going to have a lot more actual raw ticket sales. Going to have a lot more raw ticket sales. All right. Let's see. Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington. Greetings from the cold UK Wellington and me give Napoleon the boot. Ah, I see. See, I see, I see. Forever Sci-Fi. John Cusack is nuts, but I love Gross Point Blank. There you go. Separating the art from the artist. Lady Tharp. Agree, It's a Wonderful Life is the best Christmas movie. And it's one of the best films really ever made. Sailor Mercury. What is going on? General Wingster. Yep, this is exactly the mindset. You will own nothing and you will like it. So get the physical media. Find a way to either if you have the money to get a server, great. If you don't, you know, get something that you, you can use, right? Again, old computers can be used in the same way. And then you can create your own Netflix, literally your own personal Netflix. It'll take time. It'll take money, but that is one alternative. Hardwick says, have you ever watched Monk? I've not. I've not. Kincaid Rumsky, Tata say, are we all just going to go back to cable, t- uh, c- cable satellite TV? Well, that's the funny thing. That is the hilarious thing about all of it is, when you look at the amount of streaming services we currently have, we have essentially gone back to ca- cable and, and TV, right? Remember that in back in the day, and still, right, there are, my parents, for instance, still pay for cable television, and I try to say, don't do it. You're wasting your money. Um, you're spending hundreds of dollars, right, on, on having access to so many shows that you have no actual need for, right? So it's a, it's a waste of money in that way. But think about where people are today. People are paying for Peacock, for Netflix, for Paramount Plus, for for Disney Plus, for all these services. Amazon, you know, for Amazon Prime, and you add all the things, all those things together to get access to these various, you know, collections that might be uh, limited to a specific service. And all that you're really doing is just creating your own, <laughs> just your own cable company, your your own cable company subscription. And it costs about the same as what the cable companies are, pray, are, are playing. It's, yeah, it's, it's really funny uh, in certain regards. It really honestly is. <laughs> Let's see. They say, oh, and the world has turned to streaming services. Me, I like to just stick to physical media. I'm right there with you. Shen Hong Cable, I still got a coat hanger stuck on my TV. Dang, that's old school. Editor Trap Productions, what's up, brother? Says, I'm so grateful that I won't. I won that physical copy of Little Battle Angel from you, my lord. All hail physical media, all hail. And congratulations again on that victory. 
Cowboy Bebop is absolutely great. Welcome, Sailor Mercury, again. Uh, the Jacobite uh, Wiseman says, do you have a Blu-ray of record of Lo Lotus War? Is that the way that it's being spelled? If so, I don't believe I have that. Abomination says, I'm jealous. You better be. Victor Fontaine, what's up, brother? Hardwick says, the thing that I don't like about the Godzilla Minus One trailer is it shows how much handheld camera work there is. It doesn't mesh with the 1940s setting, in my opinion. That might be the true. And I think that if you're a purist like that, maybe that'll impact you. For someone like me, I just want to see something that is better than the MonsterVerse movies. And you don't have to do much for that to happen. Nathan Slay, um, Odin by Tom Cruise saying to the world, I'm going to see Barbie and Oppenheimer as a double feature. Did he potentially screw his own movie from doing well that weekend? No. There's a lot of other things that led to it. I think ultimately their decision to have that weird, really weird early release over what Monday through Thursday instead of having just a dedicated Thursday release or uh, Thursday or Wednesday release, I think that had a huge impact on their momentum. I think the time of the year they released also major impact. Um, and I, I think that that's ultimately what cost them. Uh, there's a lot of reasons, but I think that those are kind of the ones that are the most notable of those. Jacobite Wiseman, Christmas movies are being used for horror, not good. Nope. Harvick says, I just looked up Silent Night to see what it's about, and I'm already sold. It's a John Woo movie. Yeah, basically already talked about that. Rob D, new box office strategy. If you want your movie to be successful, put it up against the newest Disney movie. Yeah, pretty much. So I think that any studio, if they were smart, they would say, let's look at the re let's look at the release schedule right now. All right. And and let's see, when does Disney have the weekend to itself with a brand new release? Let's put our movie out that weekend. It's gonna it's, it's gonna end up well for you, my guess. Nathan Slay, you forgot about the haunted mansion? Well, who didn't? Yeah, no one saw it. The numbers are very clear on that. Master of Gaming, will you include relatively media in your box office 2023 box office recap for how well companies did? Freelance cost forty million dollars. Uh, depends. I I try to only focus on major studios because when you get to the smaller ones, you start to get to multi-company financing, and that can sometimes be tricky to actually track. But we'll see. Grandmaster Yoda says the woke mermaid was reported to lose hundred fifty million dollars. Gave Disney lie on budget. I can see that claim be legit. And again, we have to wait and see on various, uh, you know, reports to actually happen. We need verified information and we should get verified information next year um, when some of those tax credit, uh, tax credit information gets released, in which case they have to reveal the amount of money that was spent. Kind of like how we found out this year that the Doctor Strange film, you know, Multiverse of Madness, cost an extra 100 plus million dollars quite insane quite insane master of gaming uh john woo movies i recommend is broken arrow and face off i do like face off and i watched broken arrow uh the ending was a, a bit too much for me but it was entertaining uh let's see scott mckenzie says odin sound odin sound i don't know what that's meaning i i have not had any issues or any person saying that there have been issues on on my end so i don't know what the issue is all right jeremy zakowski says i just realized that godzilla minus one is a sequel to oppenheimer <laughs> yeah i guess you could argue that <laughs> first there was the atomic bomb then then it was not <laughs> 
Scott McKenzie, Sound of Freedom, not an Angel Studio film. They bought distribution rights. Yeah, Scott McKenzie, where have you been, man? Yeah, I talked about that back when Sound of Freedom actually did come out. All right. Um, and that's why the point of what I was saying is that Sound of Freedom, the director for the movie, not the same director that are the typical ones that Angel Studios has, right? Because they did get the rights to his movie. But the same director is also working again with Angel Studios for his next movie. That was the whole point of what I was trying to, to say there. So I don't know if that was just a misunderstanding, but I've I've gone into that history of, of how they got Sound of Freedom um so if it didn't sound like that's what i was saying that again we've talked about that at, at length in previous uh previous shows forever sci-fi as a member says how has cgi gotten so much worse when you have something as beautiful as the martian from nearly 10 years ago as i said either it's because cgi has gotten bad probably because of people being overworked right we've heard a lot about that happening but to me i think it's because cgi fest when you are using CGI at every single moment that you possibly can, that is when you have a problem. When you can have a background, a backdrop that's practically affected and you don't have to worry about doing blue screen, green screen, whatever, it's going to add that much more grit and that much more um, you know, uh, realism to your image. But what happens is that instead, what these studios decide is, yeah, you know, we could build up some sets, but let's just put some green screen, we'll put a couple of random fake rocks somewhere, and it'll look great. And it doesn't because they overuse it. So again, poorly designed CGI is one thing. Way too much CGI so that it just looks fake is another. Harwick, for me, the Husbands of River Song is the series finale of Doctor Who. Okay, gotcha there. Let us see. Someone was saying that they are are heading to bed, apparently. So, good night to that person. Let's see, Tina says, you take care. I'll come back for Christmas. See you on Letterboxd and Discord. Boom. Yeah, Tina, have a great night. Thanks for stopping by. Let's see. Levistro says, yes, you are correct. Sorry, character limitations. But my statement was in reference to your statement on Christmas season. Okay. Gotcha. Shen Hong says, the other myth, Christ died on the anniversary of Adam's sin. The idea being Adam lived for 33 and a half years before he fell. I don't know as much about that one. Let's see. Nathan Slay, why is Iron Man and its OG only looking better and better with age? Seriously, look at the CGI for that. It was not only well designed, but it was used very effectively. It was used very effectively. Hardwick says, Gojirheimer would have made a much more fitting combo than Barbenheimer. I agree with that. I don't know if it would have had the same impact or not. Berg Flicka, what is going on? Dropping a hundy. Dropping a hundred dollars. Super chat. Dang, Berg Flicka. Thank you so very much. Very generous of you to do so. He says, hey, Odin and chat. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Have a good Christmas. I'll save my question for next week. Get some rest, brother. Berg Flicka, thank you, man. I really do appreciate that. Yeah, I'm definitely getting tired, and I know that uh, Baby Girl's Bath is coming up uh, about right now, and I do want to try to be off as close to 8.30 as I can to try to be able to help out with that, even though I know my in-laws are here. Um, one of them is getting sick and so can't be nearly as helpful, so 
Um, we are going to try to wrap things up soon. Sorry, I wasn't nearly as formal with going over to the stories. I did, I believe, cover all of the major stories. And I guess what I'll do, though, just to just to kind of go into it a little bit further, is talking here about, about Wish. So, again, Berg Flicka, man, dropping that hundy. I really do appreciate it, brother. You are awesome. So, the Wish. Right now, Wish has made only $49 million. Now, I think the only thing I really need to point out about this movie and about how badly this film is doing is to compare it to a film from earlier this year. Do y'all remember when Elemental came out this past summer, right? So the film Elemental opened up June 16th, opened a $29 million in its three-day opening. First, three-day opening, $29 million versus $19 million three-day opening for Wish. So already a $10 million difference there. You add to that the fact that at the same point of release, first Monday numbers have come out and I predicted that this would happen yesterday, and sure enough, it did. What happened in the case of Wish? It dropped from $4 million to $745,000. That's right. Wish, after only just being out, right, just being out for a week, has already dropped below a $1 million in a daily number. That is normally the sign for most movies when you have a film, in this case, of this caliber, by that I mean of budget, etc., fall below a million dollars for a daily performance, that is the sign that it is beginning to go away. They've already hit it. After the first Monday, this film has barely been out, and it's already hit this number. And sure enough, what happened? Whereas Wish had a five-day opening, had a Thanksgiving opening... An extended holiday frame. That's why its first Friday is 20 million versus 11 million because it's got two extra days worth of data. And yet, Elemental has already surpassed that of Wish and by a large margin. 745,000, a daily number for Wish, 5.3 million as a first Monday number for Elemental. This is catastrophic for it. Keep in mind, let's just look at this as a comparison. When is the first weekend, or the first day, I should say, at the box office that Elemental fell beneath a million dollars for the first time? Remember, Wish has already done it. Oh boy. It took six weeks. It took until the sixth Monday for Elemental to fall underneath a million dollars for a daily number. And it took them to about the seventh Monday to get into the to get somewhat into the same range as Wish. Seven hundred forty-five thousand dollars is abysmal. And to kind of cap this in and connect this in with some of these other things, also notice seventy-one percent drop for Hunger Games. So it had a huge increase in revenue over the course of that holiday. Looks like that holiday uh, honeymoon is over. We'll have to wait and see. It still did very well, possibly well enough to, to push things along quite a bit. But again, not looking all that great. Napoleon also had a very strong start. Pretty massive drop off. Wish, however, had the biggest, right? 83% drop. 85% for Trolls. Even that one had a pretty massive one. So that's another one that we're going to have to keep our eyes on. Though, of course, the $32 million for Wish, still, far, still $2 million below Napoleon's three-hour drama and still far below Trolls band together $65 million. The Marvels, oh boy, $339,000. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So Marvel's done, but even now Wish coming in a coming in under a million dollars for a day after only being out 
for a, you know, less than a week when it took Elemental six weeks for that to have a daily number under a million. That's awful. King and Rumsky, how about the Meg-A-Wish bump? I see what you did there. All right, we got to rapid fire some of these, though. Hopefully that answers some of y'all's questions about just how poorly Wish is doing at the box office. We'd have a very, very good discussion talking about different movies, etc. King and Rumsky, humanity probably started in Bethlehem as well. Ah, okay. Uh, Nikki Lit- <laughs> Nikita, uh, Nikita Lance says, can we get Tony on the show? Someone make that happen. I don't think he would ever want to come on. Uh, let's see. Muriam Takumbo, what is going on? Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Let us see. Victor Fontaine, uh, Black Friday broke me. Bro, you, you were posting all the things you were buying. It was, it was kind of crazy. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Derezatron over on Rumble. What's up? Says wife and I started collecting physical media again. I was one of the ones who bought into the declutter your life. Go digital. Your constant vigilance brought me back round again. Hey, yeah, absolutely, man. And here's the thing. Declutter your life for sure. What you can do is you can digitize your library. You can then find a space, right, to consolidate your media. Because as long as you have it on that centralized server that you own, as I said, you can still go that digital you can still go that digital route, but it's a hybrid version of it because you still have the physical media, but you have control. And that is a key uh, difference. Let's see. Steven says, kind of speech to tell a friend who lost their brother to cancer. What should I say regards control to positive messages? I mean, I can't give you advice on that, brother. All I can say is uh, just just speak from the heart and just let them know that uh, you're there for them. Physical media is the best, says Berg Flicka. Watched so many movies on Amazon Prime only to go back and find that they were only for rent or purchase. Sometimes they delete scenes. Exactly. Kristoff, uh, the Polish geek. Do you play video games? Not really. Not all that much. Um, I, I do need to get back into playing. I was playing Spider-Man 2, but I stopped because I, I started playing a mission and then found out, oh, wait, the mission is I have to help this guy ask another guy to a dance. I'm not playing that. I, I'm sorry. That, I, that is not what I got that game to play, and there's no ability for me that I could see to back out of that mission. I'm like, nope. Not playing it, but I was having some fun. Right now, I'm actually setting up uh, for my nephew. I got um, a, a retro uh, game player. It's called the Miu Mini Plus, and I'm trying to figure out how to get Onion OS, which is an operating system for it, on here. And I'm following the instructions, but I think I must be doing something wrong because I was having issues with that beforehand. All right, rapid fire. Uh, Heartbreak Rage, if not for live sports, I would not subscribe to any TV services as it is every pause and I'm currently paused until February. Hey, I, I get it. I understand. Uh, YouTube TV is kind of the main thing for, for me that I use for um, those things. Uh, Lord Tharp of Hastings, looking forward to watching Cowboy Bebop for the first time. Yeah, congratulations on that again. And I'll be sending that out hopefully over the next couple of days. Berg Flicka says, Lotus War was the first anime I saw a must-have for every weeb. Nice. Master Gaming, Greg Owen reviewed the shift and he liked it. Okay. Uh, that's one person. Uh, not the end all be all of, of things. Uh, Muriam Takumbe, I can't wait for Silent Night. Gonna see it opening night. Again, based on the premise, I'm actually a little bit more intrigued. Uh, I just did not know much about it, but now I do. Kristoff uh, Polish Geek says Silent Night might be awesome as last year's Violent Night. No, no, no. So, Kristoff, Violent Night, I'm gonna say it right now, and it was unpopular last year. I'm sure it's still not popular. Violent Night sucked. It wasn't a good movie. It wasn't funny. 
for those that enjoyed it, I can't take that joy. I can't take that joy away from you. Um, but uh, yeah, not my cup of tea. All right, we do need to wrap things up though. All right, let's see. Berg Flicka, have a great one, dude. And thank you so very much for that Hundy donation, man. It really does mean quite a bit. Ikthulu, uh, 10 years ago, CGI companies were making movies under cost to get more work. They all went bankrupt, so now that we have now we have what we have. Uh, Jacobite says, too much CGI makes Super Sentai look like high-budget production. Yeah, again, there's those multiple issues. Rob D, regards to Iron Man 1 CGI back then, Iron Man's suit was some of what, uh, what realistic and plausible, then just became movie magic. Exactly, exactly. Howard, did you know that most of the fire jets and Top Gun sequel? Uh, yeah, I mean, I know that you were sharing that, dude. I haven't watched the videos, so I, I can't really speak much to that, okay? Shen Hong says, CGI sucks for the same reason the films suck. There's no art anymore, just the message. Agreed. Master Gaming would surprise me if Universal becomes the number one studio domestically. Uh, all I can say is Universal is definitely doing well in regards to some of their animated content. Uh, let's see. They didn't slay. A message taken from Wish failing at the box office. Wishing upon a star doesn't always help you. Clearly, Wish now playing at Sleep Center near you. Disney doing the Lord's work, helping those suffering from insomnia. Yeah, and the film really just isn't good. I, I did get to see it. And to me, to me, there was actually one line where it's like the crowd of people singing. And I kid you not, they made there was some line in the song that had something to the effect of, we are our own creators. And the way in which it was worded, I thought, oh, okay, so this is a universe that is either pagan or agnostic or atheistic. And no, okay, this makes a little bit more sense then. It was a line that I heard them sing, and I'm like, wait, what? Hardwick, I don't like how in later Marvel movies, Iron Man's army became fluid. Yeah, I don't like the nanotech either. It became very complicated. Uh, let's see. Snow Gollum over on Odyssey. What's up, brother? Great to see the wall of woke movies getting hit right out of the gate. Yeah. Wish is, of course, just the last one. Snow Gollum. Oh, and that's why I stopped playing uh, BL3. Couldn't take all the woke. You have to marry the guys. Uh, two guys. Screw that game. Oh, no. Yeah. Get out of here with that nonsense. Uh, 626 Charles. What's up? What's up? All right. So, with that being said, we have gotten through all of the live chat. So, again, thank you all very much for watching tonight. Um, thank you all again for putting up with my late start. But, yeah, what can we walk away from tonight? Right now, Hunger Games is actually performing a little bit better. Again, a big part of that is because of what it was able to, to do over the Thanksgiving break. We're seeing a pretty massive drop on its uh, following Monday. We'll, we'll track it. We'll see what's happening with that uh, for this upcoming weekend. But the big news is, I think, ultimately coming down to two films, Wish and the Marvels. The Marvels has fallen off the map so much that its daily number, after only being out for 18 days, $339,000. For a Marvel film that's only three weeks old, that's abysmal. Wish dropping to $745,000. And that film just came out. What, what what takes weeks for other movies and what has taken weeks for other movies to, to fall below and to fall into that level, Wish has done already. And all the people are trying to blame who they can, trying to blame everyone that they can, and ultimately the only people that are to blame for these failures are Disney. They need to start to have some self-reflections. They need to start pointing the fingers back at themselves because they're the reason why Disney films are no longer appealing to kids no longer appealing to families, and ultimately, no longer appealing to anyone. When in a list of movies that you have for a given year, when there is only maybe one 
max two films that you could argue had any ability to either make their money back or barely break even in a midst of countless releases of losses of the hundreds of millions of dollars variety. You can't, <laughs> you just can't, you can't do anything with that. But without all that being said, please make sure again, y'all smash that like button, light out that thought about it, Aussie, smash the rumble button as well. Please also share this video out if you found it informative and fun in any way. And thank you all again for y'all's patience in my late start tonight. Uh, upcoming schedule, of course, we have Friday Night Tights coming up. My plan is to see, right now I have a plan and a ticket to go see Godzilla Minus One tomorrow for an early fan screening. Hopefully I can go if family allows me to. And if I can, I'll try and get a review out of that on the channel as soon as I possibly can. Check me out over at Criticless. Love that site. Great site. Great people over there. And I'm trying also to keep up with my giveaways. And also, I know I'm well overdue for a podcast episode for uh, my members who get access to such a thing. So stay tuned for all those things as I do the best that I can. Anyway, thank you all for always understanding all the best in the business. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Have a wonderful rest of your night. A blessed, blessed, blessed uh, Tuesday. In fact, today is the feast of St. Catherine Labre, uh, who was given the Miraculous Medal. So we, we pray for the intercession of Our Lady. May God bless you. And as always, God bless.